Welcome to episode 9 of From Fear to Face, a podcast series from Desire and Truth and Absalom. Lord, we thank you for your word. We pray this week that we'll be able to hear it and to live it. In your precious name, Amen. I thought we might take a look today at um, a prayer that's recorded for us in the Old Testament that perhaps will help us in our journey uh, from fear to faith. So I'm going to read from Second Chronicles chapter 20. I'm going to read actually the first 30 verses, so quite a lot. Um, and then we'll go back over those verses and take a look at what we can see. So Second uh, Chronicles chapter 20. Now it came about after this that the sons of Moab and the sons of Ammon, together with some of the Mernites, came to make war against Jehoshaphat. Then some came and reported to Jehoshaphat, saying, A great multitude is coming against you from beyond the sea, out of Aram, and behold, they are in Hazazan Tamar, that is, Engedi. Jehoshaphat was afraid and turned his attention to seek the Lord and proclaimed a fast throughout all Judah. So Judah gathered together to seek help from the Lord. They even came from all the cities of Judah to seek the Lord. Then Jehoshaphat stood in the assembly of Judah and Jerusalem in the house of the Lord before the new court, and he said, O Lord, the God of our fathers, are you not God in the heavens? And are you not ruler over all the kingdoms of the nations? Power and might are in your hand, so that no one can stand against you. Did you not, O our God, drive out the inhabitants of this land before your people Israel and give it to the descendants of Abraham, your friend, forever? They have lived in it and have built you a sanctuary there for your name, saying, Should evil come upon us, the sword or judgment or pestilence or famine, we will stand before this house and before you, for your name is in this house, and cry to you in our distress, and you will hear and deliver us. Now behold, the sons of Ammon and Moab and Mount Seir, whom you did not let Israel invade when they came out of the land of Egypt, they turned aside from them and did not destroy them. See how they are rewarding us by coming to drive us out from your possession, which you have given us as an inheritance. O our God, will you not judge them? For we are powerless before this great multitude who are coming against us, nor do we know what to do, but our eyes are on you." All Judah was standing before the Lord with their infants, their wives, and their children. Then in the midst of the assembly, the Spirit of the Lord came upon Jehaziel, the son of Zechariah, the son of Benaiah, the son of Jael, the son of Mataniah, the Levite of the sons of Asaph. And he said, Listen, all Judah and the inhabitants of Jerusalem and King Jehoshaphat. Thus says the Lord to you, Do not fear or be dismayed because of this great multitude, for the battle is not yours but God's. Tomorrow go down against them. Behold, they will come up by the ascent of Ziz, and you will find them at the end of the valley in front of the wilderness of Jeruel. You need not fight in this battle. Station yourselves. Stand and see the salvation of the Lord on your behalf, O Judah and Jerusalem. Do not fear or be dismayed. Tomorrow go out to face them, for the Lord is with you. Jehoshaphat bowed his head with his face to the ground, and all Judah and the inhabitants of Jerusalem fell down before the Lord, worshipping the Lord. The Levites from the sons of the Kohathites and of the sons of the Korathites stood up to praise the Lord God of Israel with a very loud voice. 
I think actually we'll stop there just for a moment um, to make sure that we don't run too fast through this account. What we see here is there's a king called Jehoshaphat and actually the book of Second Chronicles devotes four chapters to him and by and large he was a good king. He was a man who honoured God. But here sometime probably towards the end of his reign it's recorded for us that he was afraid. He was afraid because he hears that a great multitude, a huge army, has gathered for war against him. It's interesting, isn't it, that God had protected Jehoshaphat so much. Uh, we read in Second Chronicles ch chapter 17, verse 6 and verse 10, that uh, no enemy had uh, come against him before this enemy because they knew that God was protecting him. But by chapter 20, we see that God has some new lessons for Jehoshaphat to learn and for the people of Israel to learn. They needed to experience God's protection in another way. And so it struck me as I read through this chapter that Jehoshaphat had several options. And, and, and I was asking myself the question, what do I do when an enemy comes against me? Um, here, uh, we could say, well, he could have run away. He could have packed his bags and headed for the door, leaving his people to face the, the coming armies. He could have just set up to go to war against them himself. He could have called uh, the friendly neighbouring armies and kings to join forces with him. Or he could have surrendered, couldn't he? He could have sent out a white flag of surrender and just begged for mercy from the army that was coming. And as I thought about all these different options that he had, I realised that these are our options, actually. This is what we do when we're afraid, faced with seeming un overwhelming circumstances, situations or people in our lives, or with the enemy of our soul who keeps trying to draw us back into our old habits or, or keep us uh, from the freedom that Christ has brought for us. Jo verse 3 here tells us that Jehoshaphat was afraid and that because he was afraid, he turned his attention to seek the Lord and he ordered everyone else in Israel to do the same thing. And not only to pray, but he proclaimed a fast because this was serious business. This was desperate and they needed God. And I wondered again, do I do that? You know, when I am afraid, do I turn immediately to God in difficult situations? You know, when things just seem about impossible, when trouble is just building and building, and when that person who's just coming at me all the time just won't go away, when I seem to not be able to get out of a destructive habit that I so want to be rid of, but it's threatening to completely destroy me, when I can hear those voices from the past telling me that I'm no good and never will be, when I'm afraid, when life is just too much and I cannot cope, do I run to God or do I run from him? The book of Chronicles, you see, is full of the accounts of kings who ran away from God, who ran to other people or to idols, who ran anywhere but to God. But here in this chapter, we read of a man who made the best choice, a man who decided that he would trust his God. And we see that what he does is uh, when he turns to God, my first words usually if I do remember to turn to God are, oh God, what shall I do? And of course, there's the problem. What shall I do? Where can I go? How can I stop this? All of it focused on me. 
and what I should do. But here Jehoshaphat concentrates on who God is and what he has already done. He goes, first of all, to the place that God has already chosen for his name to dwell. He goes to the temple and he calls out to God because he knows and trusts that God is faithful to his promises. Way back when the temple was first built, God had promised, when you come here and call upon me, I will answer you. And if you seek me, I will be found by you. We have the same promise. Hebrews chapter 11 verse 6 says, Without faith it is impossible to please him, for he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who seek him. God is a rewarder of those who seek him. And what on earth would he reward you with? He rewards you with finding him. When you seek God, he lets you find him. And uh, for us as believers in the Lord Jesus, he's done even more. He has come to take up residence within him. And now we know the God who is the God, the sovereign God of all the earth by his spirit. He lives within us. So now when we're afraid, we simply have to sit and turn our attention to focus on who God is is and where God is and then pour out our need and our fear to him. Jehoshaphat continues here, you can see it in verse 5, then Jehoshaphat stood in the assembly of Judah and Jerusalem in the house of the Lord before the new court and he said, O Lord, the God of our fathers, are you not God in the heavens and are you not ruler over all the kingdom of the nations? Power and might are in your hands so that no one can stand against you. This is what Jehoshaphat does. He remembers and he speaks aloud the truth of who God is. God is Lord. He is Jehovah. He is the self-existent God, the God who exists and needs nothing and no one else. And Jehoshaphat says, you are the God of our fathers. You have been faithful through all generations and you never change. You are the same yesterday, today and forever. And you will always be faithful to your word. You are the God in the heavens. You are high above all things. You have a different perspective. You have the right perspective because you are far above everything in this world because you created this world. And oh Lord, you are the ruler over all the kingdoms of the nations. All the kingdoms, power and might are in your hand so that no one can stand against you. You are sovereign God. You are omnipotent, all-powerful, almighty God. No one can stand against you. And, and, and don't you think as I'm reading, as I'm reading, I'm reminded, do I do that? Do I remember who God is, that he is a rewarder of those who seek him? Do I recount aloud what I know about God? When I need help, do I remember who God is and what he has done? And in order to remember it, what must already have happened? I must already have known these truths about God. And so you see, uh, when we're reading about Jehoshaphat, who was a king in Israel, we remember, actually, as if we went right back to um, 
to Exodus, we would hear God say that all the kings that were told um, through Moses that they must read the book of the law. They must know it like they know the back of their hands, know all that God has done for his people and all that he has promised and all that he requires. And Jehoshaphat had obeyed that. And because of that, he knew his God. And it's the same for us. How can we find out the truth about God? Only in his word, as his spirit gives us understanding. Jesus himself said, I am going away and I am sending you the helper and he will bring to your remembrance all that I have said to you. So now when Jehoshaphat is afraid, he remembers what he knows about God and he proclaims it in the hearing of the people. And just imagine what was happening in the hearts of those people as he did so. His own faith, his trust in God is being built up and he is encouraging the people in the same way. I think over these past sessions when we've been looking at um, this subject of from fear to faith, one of the things uh, perhaps in the last session we looked at in Philippians, in Philippians chapter 4, and the first uh, phrase of the instruction that Paul or God through Paul gives us, uh, rejoice in the Lord always. I say again, rejoice. Be anxious for nothing. And here we have Jehoshaphat. He is afraid, but instead of dwelling on his fear and his anxiety, he comes straight to the place where God has told him to go. And he, he calls out to his God and he remembers first who God is. And he then says, remember, Remember what you promised. You said that when we call on you, you will act on our behalf. Well, we need you now. And I'm coming boldly before you because you have told me that I can. I'm amazed, you know, when I read these accounts from the Old Testament and I see how the New Testament just amplifies that for those of us who have called Jesus our Saviour and Lord. Look in Hebrews chapter 4 verse 16. That verse tells me that I can come boldly to the throne of grace to find help in my time of need because of the blood that Jesus shed for me. And I am coming expecting great things because you, God, have told me who you are. You have told me through Paul in Ephesians chapter 3 verse 20 that you are the one who is able to do far more abundantly beyond all that I can ask or think. So you see, just as Jehoshaphat was turning his attention away from his problems and towards the only one who could help, he is coming boldly and expectantly because God has already promises, promised and God's promises are irrevocable. We can do the same thing. When you are afraid, do you really expect to find help with God? Do you know that he is able to do exceedingly abundantly beyond anything that you could ask or think? Do you know that he is more than able to rid you of the enemy within, that sin, that addiction, be it obvious like drink or drugs or less obvious like lying or gossip or envy or jealousy? Do you really know and believe that God will fight that enemy for you and rid you of it? And what about the enemy from without, the circumstances or the person who just seems to be constantly destroying your peace, getting in and tormenting you and causing all sorts of trouble? Do you really trust that your God is able to deal completely with that? 
Do you trust that your God is able to still the voices in your head that tell you you are rubbish, that the mistakes and the sin and the deliberate disobedience that you did in your past is not forgiven and that you must dwell on it and remember it and and keep confessing and keep coming back to God, never sure of who you are in Christ? Do you know that your God is able to rid you of those thoughts, to cleanse your mind and your heart and every ounce of your soul so that you know his perfect peace. Do you believe that? Do you really believe what Isaiah 26 verse 3 says that the steadfast of mind God will keep in perfect peace because that person trusts in you? Do you believe these verses? Do you really believe that he is God and that he is the God of the impossible? Do you believe it enough to come to your God and lay all of your anxiety on him because he cares for you? 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 7. Do you believe enough to do what Paul told you to do? To rejoice in the Lord always. I say again, rejoice. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God and the peace of God, which passes all understanding, will guard your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus. Do you believe these words? And if you do, do you speak them aloud? Do you speak to your very soul and speak out the truth of who your God is? Jehoshaphat knew his God and trusted his promise. And now when he is afraid, he comes to him. And look at verse 12. Oh, our God, will you not judge them? For we are powerless before this great multitude who are coming against us. Nor do we know what to do, but our eyes are on you. We are powerless, but our eyes are on you. That is the truth about every single one of us. We are powerless against all of the enemies that come at us. We do not have the necessary power to change or to make a difference. We cannot stop. Stop the encroaching armies. We cannot fight the battle, but our God can. And listen, listen to what he says. Verse 13, all Judah was standing before the Lord with their infants, their wives and their children. Then in the midst of the assembly, the spirit of the Lord came upon Jehaziel, the son of Zechariah, the son of Benaiah, the son of Jeel, the son of Mataniah, the Levite of the sons of Asaph. And he said, listen, all Judah and the inhabitants of Jerusalem and King Jehoshaphat, thus says the Lord to you, do not fear or be dismayed because of this great multitude, for the battle is not not yours, but God. Here is God's answer. This is not your battle. It is mine and I will fight for you. You need only to stand and see my deliverance. Verse 17, you need not fight in this battle. Station yourselves. Stand and see the salvation of the Lord on your behalf, O Judah and Jerusalem. Do not fear or be dismayed. Tomorrow go out to face them, for the Lord is with you. Do not fear or be dismayed. Trust me. Trust what you know about me. Trust who I am and trust what I have said and promised. Stand and watch and see my deliverance. What does that mean to me, I wonder? The battle is the Lord's and I need only stand. What does he mean stand? How do I stand? What do I practically do? And if we look um, 
In scripture, of course, God has given us the answer. In 2 Corinthians, just one of the places, 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 3 to 5. Um, For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh, but divinely powerful for the destruction of fortresses. We are destroying speculations and every lofty thing raised up against the knowledge of God. And we are taking every thought captive to the obedience of Christ. What are our weapons then? What are the weapons that the um, uh, that Paul writes to the Corinthians about and that he tells us about in Ephesians 6? In Ephesians 6, when he has told us to put on the full armour of God, he finishes that little section and he says, take up the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. I am to take every thought captive to the obedience of Christ. And the way I do that is that I use the word of God to take captive all the other words, all the other voices, all of my fear. I literally have a thought and I answer it with a specific word of God. I know that in these podcasts in the past, I've talked about my that I had a drink problem and um, I drank too much and too often. And so in those days when I was uh, fighting, when I was standing and trying to do uh, what God had told me to do, if I wanted a drink, I would remember by his spirit, I can put to death the deeds of my flesh. Romans chapter 8 says that it is possible for me to put to death the deeds of my flesh. And I remembered the verse in 1 Corinthians 10. 10 verse 13 that no temptation has seized me except what is common to man and God is faithful and when I am tempted he will always provide a way out so that I might endure it or when I couldn't can't find a job or you maybe you can't find a job and you keep hearing that same old voice you're useless worthless good for nothing and no one you can remember that you are fearfully and wonderfully made Psalm 139 and that you are right this moment being transformed from glory to glory into the image of Christ. That's 1 Corinthians 3.18. Or you're in a situation and you can see no way out. Your employer, your husband, your wife, your mother, your children, whoever, they're causing you such pain or disruption or distress and you don't know what to do to stop them. Your fear is turning to anxiety and you don't know how to stop it. And then you remember, the Lord is my helper. I will not be afraid. What can man do to me? Hebrews 13 verse 6. He has promised that he will do it. He will see me through. Jude 24. He is faithful and he will never leave me nor forsake me. Hebrews 13 15. When the enemy appears, when he looks overwhelming, put your trust in God's truth. Choose to listen to the voice of your Lord, your Saviour, and stand on his word. That is how you take every thought captive. You don't need to be afraid and do the same old thing because your God is powerful and he lives in you. You don't need to be afraid. You can cast all your anxieties on him. You can go to him in prayer, if necessary, every moment to find help in your time of need. And as you come to him, come to him reciting his promises, trusting that he who began a good work in you will see it through to completion. In Philippians chapter 1, verse 6, that his spirit within you is at work in you to will and to act according to his good purpose. Philippians chapter 2. 
22 verse 13 stand on his word wrap yourself in his word speak his word out trust in him and see his deliverance Jehoshaphat chose to do that. He chose to trust in his God, chose to do what his God had said. And in the morning, you can see what happens. So I'm going to finish here with this um, this little session. And uh, in the next session, we'll talk about what God actually does and how Jehoshaphat aligns himself with the work of God. But in the meantime, I really hope that you have... Um, uh, caught something of what I wanted to say. We are we are powerless against the enemies in our life, but we belong to an almighty, all-powerful God who has told us what to do. When you are afraid, put your trust in me, for the battle is mine, not yours. Stand, stand, remember all of the things you know about me and trust in my salvation. Father, we thank you for this word. We thank you for the example of Jehoshaphat. And we pray, Lord, that you would remind us to remember that when we face the next situation. Amen. Thanks for listening. Be sure to check out our website at desiringtruth.org.uk for more information on events and series like this. God bless.